Lights Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast. Anytime a TV series gets a feature film adaptation, it's a big deal. And in this case, it's for one of the most popular series on the air right now, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol, the movie in theaters on Paramount Plus this Friday, August 20th. Joining me right now, director Cal Brunker and co-writer Bob Barland. Guys, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's great to meet you. Let me start off by saying this. First of all, congratulations on the film. I've seen it and it's great. Awesome. Thanks so much. You are welcome. Second of all, my cousin, he's three years old. Since he was very young because his grandfather was a police officer, we got him very much into Paw Patrol. He loves Chase. He is obsessed with the show. It's his favorite show. And I cannot wait for him to see this movie, to see Chase on the big screen. Uh, He's going to love it. He absolutely is. How has the series impacted you? Cal, I'll start with you. Bob, you can jump in as well. This series has impacted so many, including young ones. How has it impacted you? I've got a I've got a six year old and a three year old, so we are in uh, the eye of the hurricane in terms of paw right now at uh, at our household. We're stepping over uh, vehicles and walking around the tower in the living room and all these things. So I got to see uh, my kids loving the show. I I watched it with them, obviously as as you do. And uh, when we had a chance to to get involved with the movie. My goal from a directing standpoint and our goal together as writers was to try and keep our younger audience engaged in the same way they are with the show while expanding the theatrical experience to feel like it could be for the whole family. And so trying to trying to take what my kids loved about the show, keep that in there, but also expand the scope and the excitement and the emotion for a broader audience as well. So hopefully uh, the older siblings, the parents, everybody gets something out of this movie, like a like a true family film. Yeah, I think they will. Bob, what about you? How has the series uh, impacted your life and heading into working on this? Well, I have uh, five nieces and nephews who are, again, all in the paw pocket. And so, you know, similar to Cal, uh, you know, just super fans. And I think that, you know, when we're writing and when we're, you know, making movies, we're thinking always of like, we are the first audience, but then we're thinking about, you know, who we're making it for and just uh, a chance to really make something and take a beloved brand and franchise and just show and turn that into a feature film and kind of expand it was just a really awesome opportunity and uh, uh, a lot of fun to do. We'll get into all the different age groups who will get something out of this. We'll get into some specific details of that in a little bit, but you're right, Cal, that the scope is big. I mean, you have taken the show and you have raised it up several notches in terms of the stakes and the danger and, and the intensity here and amping it up. How difficult was that in doing that and still keeping it a G-rated film? So uh, I think the, the first thing we wanted to do the most important thing we wanted to do was to have a deeper emotional journey. This movie really focuses on Chase's story. It's about everybody, but we follow Chase's emotional journey. So that was the first thing, rather than thinking about the scope, the first thing was going, how do we give people a a great character experience, a character they're gonna care about through Mm -hmm. the film. And then after that, we started building up the kind of set pieces the audience is expecting these rescues and we wanted to really like blow their blow their hair back and give them something they'd never been able to see on on the TV series before in terms of keeping it 
acceptable and and not too intense for our, our current audience. That was always something that we were conscious of over the course of the process. And we showed it to kids along the way. And it's fascinating because a lot of younger kids end up watching what their older siblings are doing. So we tested it with four-year-olds who were like, when I was watching the Avengers and you're like, you were watching the Avengers? Okay, <laughs> wow. We're nowhere close to that in terms of intensity. So we're we're safe. But but we we tested it with kids and made sure that it was something that they were excited by and riveted by, but wasn't wasn't too intense for them. And then I think for us and the theatrical experience, we wanted to have an emotional journey for the audience members too, where you go, hey, things are gonna be a little unsafe, but don't worry, it's gonna be okay in the end. So we're gonna push them further than the show would. And that's the reason you go to the movies is maybe to live vicariously for a little while and then you know, solve these problems and show that things are gonna be okay. And, and, uh, and so I think we did that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting that you tested it uh, on young kids. And I think they must have been so thrilled to get to see the movie early. I know, obviously, for test screenings, audiences have to you know, sign things and say, we cannot talk about this. How do you get four-year-olds to keep Paw Patrol, the movie details, a secret? Well, uh, we were counting on maybe they they couldn't remember all the details enough. And maybe we counted on four-year-olds not having Twitter accounts to put it out into the world. So... That, that was one thing. The other, the other part of the testing that was great for us is we didn't just bring in the youngest kids. We brought in their whole families mm. and we got a really great reaction from uh, older siblings, 10, 11 year olds, parents, everyone. And that's, that was the bullseye we were trying to hit is to go, can we keep our younger viewers feeling good about the experience, feeling like it's for them, but have enough in there for everybody? Absolutely. Yeah, you succeed with that for sure. And I love the more dramatic emotional relationship that Chase and Ryder have in this. And Bob, what's really interesting is that this is one of those cases where the dogs and the humans can just talk with each other and there's no barrier whatsoever. And that's not always the case in animation. As a writer, Bob, how cool is that when it comes to making a movie like this? Well, the Paw Patrol characters are really fun to write for. And I think that that was the thing. So to get the chance to expand the show into a feature was great for us because to write them and just have the opportunity to expand those characters more, have new characters as you've seen in the movie where, you know, it was a chance for us to do some new creative stuff and bring in some like Liberty as our new character who is a bit, uh, uh, you know, she's not quite like the pups in the Paw Patrol. And that was fun for us to get a chance to have someone with a bit more edge. Yeah, she's edgy. She's uh, a little more subversive than the pups from the show. And that was a fun mix for us to kind of throw those characters in together. We talked early on about, do we play around with uh, the logic of who can hear them or any any of that? And, and we felt that that was really just going to be a complication that didn't help the story and just got in the way. So in our world, the pups can talk to anybody and they can talk back, but the cats, Humdinger's cats can't. That's our kind of threshold. We're like- this. Dogs talk, cats don't. That's yeah. just the way it works. Yeah. There you go. Humdinger in, is- In the movie, there's cats in the show who talk, but in, in this movie, there are- exactly. The only talking animals are the pups. Right. There you go. There you go. And yeah, speaking of liberty, we can't- say everything about Liberty. There's some things we all want to keep a little secret, but Cal, was there a lot of planning 
without giving everything away, that went into how Liberty was going to be brought into this movie and this world and her specific scenes and her specific goals. Yeah, I, I think we we wanted two things for Liberty that I think I can probably talk about. You'll stop me if I'm giving too much away. Um, but, but we wanted her to contrast the team, the Paw Patrol team that we know a lot. So we tried to put her in a very different situation. She's a city pup that uh, lives on her own, is a little rough around the edges. And, and we thought we could build up that character. If you had to survive in the city by yourself and you didn't have a lot of a support network there, you'd probably grow a thicker skin. The pups are so polite and thoughtfully spoken and all of this. And Liberty is a little bit more like you got to, she talks fast. She, she's, uh, she's had to survive in the big city. So she's got a, a real difference to, to the other pups. And then in terms of her relationship to them, we thought uh, it would be wonderful if she was a super fan. We thought mm -hmm. she would just kind of idolize these characters. And then that opened up a lot for she wants to be around them. How does she impress them? It, it created a great dynamic between the characters. And I won't say more than that, but you can kind of imagine the trajectory that that goes on. There you go. Yes, Cal Brunker, Bob Barlin are my guests right now on the LCJ Q&A for Paw Patrol, the movie in theaters and on Paramount Plus this Friday, August 20th. Bob, I think the MVP in the voice cast is Jimmy Kimmel. He is fantastic as Marty Muckraker, the TV news reporter. Are you one of those guys who is obsessed with TV news or going on YouTube and finding really funny, wacky TV news clips? Uh, definitely, uh, we wanted, you know, in writing Marty, we were looking for a bit of an outrageous guy. And you can see as he sort of his character plays out and it, having Jimmy Kimmel play him was uh, exactly tied into that. Jimmy's so funny. And uh, I mean, he really brought a lot of comedy to the role. And uh, just in general, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of those Marty clips from the movie could be YouTubeable. So definitely he's the type of guy who certainly some of his stuff has been clipped and put on YouTube and shared a million times before. We, yeah. we always liked the idea that Marty would be trying to be professional, but every now and then you'd see a little bit of, you know, behind the curtain of who he really is as a character would peek through and then he'd rein it in again and go back to his professional ways. So that's that was kind of the comedy angle of him. And Jimmy did that beautifully. Oh, yeah. He's, he's fantastic. And there's also a great line early on in the film about the Paw Patrol swag and all the merch. And my three-year-old cousin has a ton of that merch. And I'm sure he is going to want a new version of Chase's vehicle that is in this film that is a sweet ride. Uh, Cal, how was it designing that sweet ride for Chase? That was a, a wonderful part of this process. That was a new one for me is from the very beginning of script development, we were working with the toy team and they've got a whole team of amazing inventors and draftspeople and they're working on ideas. They're like, hey, we can do this. Can you, we can do this, we can do this. And they're showing off these different kind of inventions that have never become toys yet. And we're like, well, that could be cool if you could do this and this. And then they're like, okay, let us, go to the lab and try and figure that out. And then meanwhile, Bob and I are writing that into the script. It was a really cool process to see Chase's Cruiser is one, their, their new headquarters is another one oh. where we were just involved from the beginning in writing and designing at the same time. And the toy team just bent over backwards to try and give us everything we wanted to put in the story, find a way to do that uh, in the toy. So 
I think it's it makes the stuff integrate so well into the movie, and hopefully uh, kids will get a real kick out of it. I think they will. I think a new toy version of the headquarters is going to be in so many living rooms around the country, around the world. You've got Adam Levine as well with the Good Mood song in this. What made you want to bring him on board? Was he attracted to wanting to get involved in the Paw Patrol world? Yeah, we've got we've got a a, a bunch of actors in the movie and Adams uh, as a songwriter in the movie that have kids right in this pocket and if this is a part of your life at home, it's a chance for them to kind of be the cool parent to their kids to be involved with the movie. So Tyler Perry's the same thing. He's got, I, I think when um, we called Tyler Perry, I think his child was sitting with him and he was like, should dad be in the Paw Patrol movie? And it's like, I think it's that kind of a conversation. But But back to Adam in the song, it's really upbeat. It's called Good Mood. It's really upbeat, fun song. And we just thought, Adam's style of music and style of singing is really stuff that makes you want to dance and is really positive. And it felt like a perfect marriage with the movie and, and with what Paw Patrol stands for. Also, because he's got kids in the, in the age range, we thought, wouldn't this be a, wouldn't this be a perfect marriage? And it ended up working out great. The song will be out soon. I can't say exactly when, but it's a great tune. I think it's going to be the song of the summer, but the song of the back half of the summer, I think it's it's amazing. I love it. Yes, song of the back half of the summer, and it's in the movie twice. You get it in the movie and during the credits, so that is great. It. That is fantastic. As we wrap things up here on this episode, Cal and Bob, obviously for so many young ones, including my three-year-old cousin, this will probably be their first experience either seeing a film safely in an indoor theater or here in upstate New York going to a drive-in and seeing this on a gigantic screen. And I think hopefully young ones will fall in love with seeing animation on giant screens through this movie. For both of you, is there an experience of seeing an animated film on the big screen for the first time that always sticks with you? Hmm, for, for me, it would have been the 2D Disney stuff of like Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and that era of animation. When I was a little bit older, so it's not the first one, Iron Giant was that for me. When I just watched a film and was just completely emotionally connected to the characters in, in a way that maybe I didn't know could happen in animation to feel empathy for the giant and, and you know, especially at the, at the end of that film, so yeah, I, I think for us, that's, that's the excitement is, is really having this as a shared experience, whether it's with a bunch of people in the theater or with your family at home or at the, at the drive-in is being able to connect to a movie in a way that feels meaningful and emotional for you can really stick with you. And it certainly has for me. Good, yeah. Bob, what about you? Any, any animated experience that stands out for you? I mean, the early Disney stuff, certainly like Aladdin was a big one for me. And then I think the first Toy Story, when it seen, you know, the Pixar and just the first computer animated movie, I mean, I was hooked. And, uh, you know, I haven't looked back since. It was just, you know, such an amazing transformative experience of just seeing these toys come to life and be yeah. characters that you really care about and have such emotion in that. I mean, I think that that's the magic trick that we're trying to perform in every one of these movies and just make an audience care about these characters. And if they do, we've done our jobs. Oh, oh yeah, they're going to care. And kids who love watching the show every day, all the time on Nickelodeon, they're going to go to the theater, indoor drive-in, or they're going to watch it at home on Paramount Plus and feel that cinematic experience anyway and feel like, you know what? This is different. This is bigger. 
and it's exciting and it's crazy and it's wild and it's so fun and sweet. I, I really think it's going to be a big hit and I congratulate the both of you, Cal Brunker, Bob Barlin. Thank you for being here on the LCJ Q&A for all things Paw Patrol, the movie. Thanks, Jackson. Thanks, Thanks for having us. See you later. All right, take care. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Thank you for listening to this LCJ Q&A podcast episode. For more, go to lights-camera-jackson.com. Thank you.